uh, it was kind of the, the weekend after the men's group, and we had, you know, 17 different guys there, and God really moved in some different areas of ministry and such. Uh, and I hear something similar happened yesterday uh, at the women's group. Uh, and so I gave the men the opportunity, if there's anybody that wanted to kind of share uh, what they kind of either experienced or what God has been working on them uh, through that. And so is there any ladies that uh, want to at least talk about uh, what God did or even how you were blessed by that particular group? I can't speak to it because I wasn't there. So, Vicki. All right, come on up. I don't quite have that Bob Barker voice, you know, come on down, but that kind of dates me. I don't know how many younger people know what Bob Barker is. Just trying to represent here. It's fine. (laughs) Just to make sure this competition, you know, stays strong. Um, No, it was, it was really cool though, because this was the first one I was able to attend and Mackenzie was there and, you know, we had a bunch of people who were there, a bunch of women who just... Um, we, we kind of opened it up, uh, opened the floor up and just said, hey, does anybody have anything they um, want to discuss or, or have things that they're struggling with? And, um, you know, just like the Bible said, like we literally talked about our struggles and encouraged each other. And uh, it was just a time of like exhortation through scripture and through worship. And it was just uh, worshiping just by the way we're talking to each other and caring for each other. So I, I really loved it. And it was a good thing. Um, just to reconnect with women. I know that through COVID, it's easy for us to stay pretty disconnected afterwards or even making eye contact with people is very difficult at times. Um, but it was very cool to to see um, God do that and bring us all back together after quite a long time of not. So it was very nice. All right, so from what I heard, there was about 17 ladies uh, there as well. So uh, again, not a competition, but it's amazing to see uh, the amount of engagement uh, and people doing that. Anybody else that was, was there um, yesterday at all? Or anybody that God has done something in your life this week that you just want to, uh, to share and, and kind of share a testimony about it and give him glory in what happened? So yeah, Becky. And I'm going to ask again when she's done. So just your heads up. I want to provide an opportunity. So um, with COVID, you know, everybody's like isolated and it's hard to connect. But we were able to connect yesterday. And, you know, we did a a round of introduction. And, you know, it was really interesting to see the different things that people would share. And, you know, because they left it up to us to figure out what what we're going to say to everybody. But one of the things that I love the most is... um, God talks about when women get together, we should all be of different ages, different maturity levels, so that we could help each other go through whatever whatever it is that we're going through, living life together, that we shouldn't be separated. We should be getting into community with each other so that we can help each other celebrate the successes um, and doing doing life and, and mourning if somebody needs it, if you know, just being there and present with each other, and it's it's a blessing to see it happen. Thank you. All right, just one last call. Anybody? Amanda? You want to come over on this side? Uh, the, the camera's kind of pointing down here, so you'd be hiding over there, but we don't <laughs> want that, so. 
Hi. Um, so yesterday was just a really nice experience and for a lot of reasons. And I think, like I went with a friend and we thought, and I've gone before, I think it's been a while since I've gone. So yesterday was nice just to get to go because it's been some time. Um, and I thought, I think my friend and I thought, oh, you know, we'll be there for like a couple hours, like maybe 11.30, then we'll go get like lunch or something. Um, and it was about 2.30, almost 3 o'clock when we were leaving. Um, just by the end of it there, a lot of the ladies had left and it was a smaller group. Um, and not that, you know, it's, I get, it is harder to share, you know, hard things when there's big groups. So it was nice to have a little bit smaller group. But even in the smaller group that was kind of left at the end, um, it was just really nice to have, like Becky was saying, those kind of different levels of maturity um, and to get to be in, just in that safe space to share your hardships, which can be really hard, um, and to ask for help, which for me can be really hard, and to, to say, hey, like, I'm, you know, I'm not doing okay today. Can you pray for me? Can you, do you have any advice? Um, so it was just a really beautiful time of getting to do those things and say those things and feel those feelings with um, ladies who are just so encouraging. So if you're um, a lady who's in a spot of like you, you need some encouragement, but and maybe you don't even you don't know a lot of the women here very well. Please come, cause they're all so nice, and they're gonna pray for you and just be there for you. And I, I also love that they're, it's just like very down to earth. Mm -hmm. Like it's all real people with real struggles, and we share those struggles and we walk through them together. So I really appreciated that, and it was a beautiful time. Awesome. Yeah. So I just wanted to share, I think, just one kind of common theme that God put on a lot of our hearts, um, even before the Bible study and then when we were in it. Um, it was just the reminder of being the church, again, which we talk about all the time, but the differences, you know, in each other and appreciating that. And we just had the chance to kind of break that down and go into depth what that means for someone who's more analytical and what it means for someone who um, just goes by their, their heart and follows that and the leading of the spirit and how it's so important to have both and how we can encourage each other in our weaknesses and how it's not something where it's we look at, oh, this might be, you know, they're wrong, I'm right, but we see that all the time in churches. I've seen it in my own life, and it's just so important to come together in unity um, under God and just realize that we all are his creation, made in his image, and he's given us just the special gifting that he has, and just to appreciate that in each other. So, I thank you. All right, anybody else? All right. I, this is something, uh, I don't know if it, this will be an ongoing thing, that we will always do this on Sundays, but I feel like we're entering into a season um, where for a while on Sunday mornings, before we even get big, begin, uh, I, I kind of want to open this up so we can see what God is doing, like outside of a Sunday morning. Uh, instead of just sitting here and kind of saying hello and goodbye for 10 minutes before the service and after the service, that, that church is more than just us here, but rather living life together uh, outside this. So we're going to be doing this for a while, and so be praying and, and looking for God to move in your life and then be willing to share it for other people to, to be benefited by it. I just said to myself, if he says one more, I'm going to get up. <laughs> um, for four months, and I can't remember, I think I might have alluded to it at one point, we've been praying for my daughter 
Um, so for four months, I had no um, response back from my daughter. And I might get teary-eyed because, God, it's so good. <laughs> Happy tears. Um, I got a, last week we were up at the lake house, and um, I would periodically just send her, you know, hope you have a good week, love mom. Um, never response. She was in a situation that was not a good situation um, with a young man. And um, I got a message. I said, I love you, and I got an I love you back. And if you've ever been in a place where you're dealing with having to trust the Lord on a level with your child like that, it's the I love you was <laughs> a breath of fresh air. Um, I ran out and got, was teary-eyed, and I got it, I love you. But I will say she's gotten back in touch with us. Um, but I would also like to say, and I'm grateful for the Lord for this, but I really covet your prayers for her. Um, it's just been a really tough journey for her as she walks in a different direction. Um, so I really do um, cover your prayers. But I'm so thankful for the Lord. Um, and he's helped me because I wanted to get my dabs in there, if you will, as a mom. But he kept telling me to wait, just leave it, just trust him. And um, so it was four months and really not knowing how long it was going to be. So I really do appreciate your prayers, guys, and God is good. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. I think it's so important to acknowledge what God is doing. Uh, to give Him glory, to, to be able to rejoice with others who are rejoicing, or, or even to mourn with others who are mourning. We're, we're called to do it within Scripture, but we're, we're called to do it uh, together, uh, to go through this life together. That we're not facing things uh, alone, but rather with each other uh, and with the power of God uh, equipping us and enabling us uh, to be the light in this world, to, to carry the hope of eternity instead of just simply what this world offers. Um, I love Ephesians 4 for this. It's the passage that uh, Dale had kind of felt led to share a couple of weeks ago at the men's group. Um, but the, the passage here, and we're not going to have it up on the screens because I, I wasn't planning on going to this. So if you want to turn there for a second, um, or if Cooper, you want to throw in a slide real quick. Uh, otherwise, I'll read it. Uh, but Ephesians chapter 4, uh, and it's kind of getting into uh, what the church is supposed to be. In, in verse 11, he's talking about uh, various leadership within the church, uh, whether apostles and prophets, evangelists, shepherds, uh, or pastors uh, and teachers, and, and the role of those gifted people uh, in order to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And so again, it's, it's not that you have the, the leadership that's doing all the work, but rather their responsibility before God is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, meaning the church to do the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ or, or building up the church in verse 13 until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure and the stature of the fullness of of Christ. And so what this is saying is, is the saints, you, are meant to minister to one another, uh, building one another up, building the church up, not just numerically, but also to maturity, spiritually, uh, ministering, uh, healing, all these different things uh, until we attain to the full maturity uh, of 
the fullness of Christ. Meaning, we won't get there until Jesus comes back. So our job's not done. And our job won't be done until Jesus comes back. And we won't reach maturity as a church unless the saints do the work of the ministry. And it's hard for saints to do the work of the ministry unless they're equipped to do the work of the ministry. But the point being is that we're supposed to, we all have this desire of, of being within a church that pursues Jesus and loves Jesus with everything that we have and then to be the light of the world, to share the hope and love of Christ, the eternity that we have in Him. And we are not able to do that if, if only part of the body is working. If it's only just the leaders that are trying to, to accomplish something. If it's only 50% of the congregation that desires to do the work of the ministry. If it's 75% of the congregation. We go into uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And in that, God is saying like the, the church, you realize he died for the church to exist. Like it wasn't just some individualistic thing, but, but rather he, he died on the cross so that through his resurrection we have a newness of life, but, but in that a, a brotherhood and sisterhood with one another. In Ephesians chapter 2, it, uh, it talks about the Jews and the Gentiles and how they were opposed to each other culturally. And, and through Jesus' death and resurrection, there was this one new melding of the two into this new identity of the church. Ephesians 3 says it's through God's manifold wisdom that he's chosen the church to reveal himself to the nations and to those around us. Uh, he's chosen to use us. And if you're here, that means that he's chosen to use you and he has gifted you in order to accomplish that. Each one of us has a purpose. Each one of you is needed. I, I don't want to be a, a church where we just come up with a program that simply works and runs smoothly um, we could come up with stuff to, to bring a lot of people in here. Like we could pool our money together and buy a Harley and then sell raffle tickets. Um, and we would get probably over a thousand people in here, especially if spring weather coming. Right? We, we could do stuff like that. We could have random TVs given away. There's churches that do this stuff. I, I don't want to be a church that does that stuff. I, I don't even want to be a church that sits there and says, well, we have the, the best program for, for you to come and watch, but not participate in. I don't want there to be a handful of people that, that sit here and say, okay, here's this message and here's these songs, and then everybody else comes in and sits uh, and just kind of consumes for a while and then leaves and then waits till next week. On next week's show, <laughs> to be continued, dot, 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 you know. I hated that with Batman. You know, he was always in, like, the worst possible, like, position, you know. He's got the shark repellent, but you don't know if it's actually going to work. Stay tuned to next week. 
I don't want to be a church where your life from Sunday to Sunday is just, stay tuned, we'll see if you make it. Hopefully you don't fall into deep sin. I don't want to be a church like that. It's one of the reasons why I, I want to have people come up and say, listen to what's happening outside of this morning. The, the church is being used and, and the gifts are being used and pursued. Within the men's group, we're, we're feeling led to like actually go through and study what some of these gifts actually are and, and how do we use them biblically. Tonight, it's spirit-led. It's, it's the same thing. Like We, we want to come together and say, God, how do you want to use us in the way that you've equipped us to be used? And, and so if you're sitting here this morning and you have a desire to be a part of a church like that, welcome. We're glad you're here. We don't know what it'll look like when we're done with it, but you know what? We're not going to be done until Jesus comes back. And so we just want to be faithful in every step that we take from here to there. We want you to go with us through that. And, and if you're here and you're not sure, welcome. <laughs> Some of us aren't sure how this is going to work out. But the point is, is we want to pursue and say, God, what do you have? And, and if you don't know the different ways that God has gifted you or equipped you and you want to go through that and discover what those things are, we want to be there for you to, to go through that and to help you figure that out. If you've got a, a sense of what God has given you, we want to help nurture that and, and grow that and equip you to be able to be used in that. I, we find ourselves in a, in a very unique situation coming out of COVID with this choice before us as a church. Do we want to try and rebuild things the way they were uh, pre-2020 and, and just kind of going through our, our regular routine, but, but instead we're feeling called more to like put it all back on the table like when we first launched this thing and say, God, what do you want this to look like? Literally, what do you want Sunday mornings to look like? There might be some Sunday mornings uh, where you come in and there's no chairs. Uh, it's just an example. Um, we've had Sundays where we come in and all the chairs might be in groups. Um, I, I don't know, but th that's where I want to follow. That's where I want to go. And, and so if you're feeling like God's speaking to you in, in ways and how he wants us to move forward as a church, we want to hear those things. Because we want to pray about it and, and pursue it. And if you have giftings, we want to see you walk in those giftings. And, and if you're mature in those giftings, we want to see you teaching people to grow into maturity in those giftings. To be this church in Ephesians 4 that builds itself up by ministering to one another. A church doesn't build itself up just by consuming a sermon and a number of songs. Now, you can be spiritually fed that way, and you can lay a foundation of what Scripture is that way, but it doesn't build itself up. Like, there's a foundation. We have to build on top of that into one another. And so that's what we're feeling called to as a church. Uh, even this morning, uh, somebody had sent me a text um, just with some words that, that God had given to them and, and just this sense uh, of a deep encouragement to pursue spiritual gifts. 
to pursue being used in the way that God has chosen for us to be equipped. Even as I say that, like I, I recognize all of us have had different experiences when it comes to, to spiritual gifts, the, the charismatic gifts of the church listed within Scripture. Some of us might have been part of things that were amazing in the past, and some of us may have been part of things that felt like it was way too crazy and manufactured. Some of us might have grown up. I grew up in a situation where I felt that it didn't even exist. But yet, Jesus died to equip the church. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, eagerly desire these gifts. I guess that's one of the challenges for this morning. Do you eagerly desire these things? And that word eagerly is almost like a, a passionate drive hunger. It's not just like, oh, I'm excited to go to a Brewers game. Like, I'm eager to go to a Brewers If I don't go to a Brewers game, I'm not going to die, right? If I don't go to a Brewers game, I, I'm not less effective in my life. But Paul is saying, eagerly desire these gifts because they're what God has chosen to empower us to build ourselves up in love to reflect the full maturity of Jesus Christ. And so we have a choice before us to, to either say, you know what, that's, I'm not the most comfortable with those things, so let's kind of like push them into the background a little bit and, and let's stick with where we're comfortable with. And if we do that, we're literally saying, what Jesus said was better for us that he would leave so that the Holy Spirit would come. If we take the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings to equip us to be a church, we're literally saying, Jesus, you were wrong. You said it was better for you to go so that the Helper would come. In, in John 14, Jesus says it was better. And if we don't eagerly pursue these things, we're just saying, eh, it doesn't matter that much which I think would be a huge loss for us as a church. And it's something that we're just trying to grow in maturity on. I, I feel like, you know, if we look back and we've seen various things happening, we've seen healings happen within this church, we've seen word of knowledge and some prophecy and some various things happen, and it's been awesome. But it's also happened like here and there uh, with a smaller group of people. And I, I feel what God is calling us to do as a whole church is, is to really go in and say, all right, you died for this to happen. Like, let's walk in this together. And I, I want to pursue that together as a church I, and just see where God takes us. And, and so I just want to challenge you. Um, do you eagerly desire these things? If you don't, recognize your call to. And even pray that God would give you the desire to, to pursue those things. If you eagerly desire them and you just quite don't know how it all works out, like that's what we do with Spirit Led. That's what we're going to do on some Sunday mornings. Let's work together, anchor ourselves in the Word of God, and go forward trusting the Holy Spirit to work. And if you're here and you're mature in those giftings, uh, and either at a different church or at this church, if you felt that you have not been um, given the opportunity to walk in those giftings, uh, 
I'm sorry. Our desires bend to follow, uh, and sometimes it's just easy to fall into a sense of pragmatism. And I don't want to do that. And so if you felt that way, I, I'm sorry. We're, we're looking just to grow in maturity. <laughs> As a church, we're a church made up of broken and perfect people, and we're going to make mistakes. And, and we just want to recognize th- this is maybe a mistake that we've made in, in following pragmatic aspects maybe a little too much. And so how can we go forward? And, and let's do it in God's grace. Uh, and so I want to pursue that. Now, this somewhat ties into the message for this morning, um, and, and I want to get into that in order to kind of anchor this, because I, I, I think there's something very special uh, with this message that actually ties in with this, uh, and it'll take me a little bit to kind of get through it, to kind of bring it back uh, to how this began again. Um, but we're starting a new series uh, in the book of John called The Word. Uh, and so we're going to be looking at the Gospel of John Uh, It's a series that, because of different breaks and holidays or as the Lord leads, um, this is probably a series that will take us uh, at least two years uh, to kind of work our way through. Uh, But again, it's not a solid consecutive two years where every Sunday we're going to be in John. Um, But the elders have felt led to really anchor ourselves in this gospel. This is a gospel uh, when you give somebody a new Bible that we say, where do I begin? Begin in John. Begin in John because you get to see who Jesus is and his great love for you. And so we want to go into this book. Uh, In fact, uh, in John chapter 20, verse 31, uh, inspired by the Spirit, John writes, These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah or Jesus is the Savior, the Son of God. And by believing or trusting in him, you may have life in his name, that you may have eternal life. So the whole purpose of this book is to point to Jesus and to say that it's only through him that that we find salvation, that we find hope of eternity, that we find purpose in life. Because without this, what's our purpose in life? Um... I'd like 2.4 cars, a white picket fence, maybe a couple dogs. No cats, because they're evil. (laughs) Dogs are better. I'm sorry. It's just. But, like, we have, our purpose is completely arbitrary, right? Down to whether I like cats or I like dogs. It comes down to personal preference. And so without Jesus Christ, without an anchoring in eternity of purpose given to us by the one who created us, we start grabbing at whatever purpose, whatever whim we feel is right. And we try and fulfill our lives with those things. And it is hollow and it is empty. And it leads to destruction. And so we want to anchor ourselves in this. And I love Uh, these first uh, verses in the book of John. John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Like, like the, this is like the first verse of this book. Now when it says the Word, it's the Greek word logos. Uh, which means speech. It means something that's declared, but it's referring to Jesus Christ here. 
And so we can sit there and say, in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Now, in any other gospel that you go to, if you go into Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all start out in different ways, and they all start out pointing to prophecy. In Matthew and Luke, it starts with a genealogy, kind of proving how Jesus was a, a descendant through Mary, through David, and, and fulfilling the prophecy of what the Messiah would be. Uh, in Mark, it talks about prophecy with John the Baptist uh, being like a, an Elijah of the time, preparing a way in the desert for the light to come in, being Jesus Christ. So, so they're pointing to prophecy. Here in the book of John, he, he doesn't pull any punches. He literally starts out by saying, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Now, there's some religions out there, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses being one of them. I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness uh, and was in that for 20-some years. They actually changed their translation here in order to say the Word was with God and the Word was a God, little g. And in that, diminishing Jesus. But as we go through this passage, we actually see this is impossible. We continue on. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. So essentially what he's saying is Jesus created all things. And what the witnesses and other things would say is like, yeah, he created all things except for himself. The witnesses believe that Jesus was the first created angel. But John doesn't leave any room for that because he literally says, apart from Jesus, there was nothing created that's been created. Everything that has been created has been created by Jesus. And so he's been there from the beginning. Establishing again, Jesus is God. This is massively important for us. It's massively important for us and how it ties, how we're actually supposed to be a church. And we'll work through that here because here Jesus is God, but the implications of what that means is so important. In verse 4, in him or in Jesus was life. And that life was the light of men. Before he came to this earth, mankind was in sin and darkness and death. And our destination is hell. Until Jesus comes and makes an atoning sacrifice, uh, willingly exchanging his perfect, obedient innocence for our sinful rebellion. Taking our place bearing the wrath of God against sin so that we might be forgiven and in this forgiveness through our repentance and declaration to Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, he, he then takes our place and now we have life. But unless that happens, our destination is separation from God in hell forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I, I can't put enough weight on that. And ever. So in him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. We go down to verse 9. 
Uh, it says, uh, the true light, or Jesus, that gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So again, this idea of the world at that time being in darkness because it didn't realize that it needed a Savior. Even the Jewish people at that time, like they recognized we're in sin and, and we need God to forgive us, so let's kill something. That's what God told them to do. And so they thought they were okay because they would kill a goat. Oh, like, I sinned. Let's kill something. And so they didn't realize that they still needed a Savior, that, that the sacrificial system was simply a placeholder waiting for Jesus to come, fulfill the law, and to be the ultimate sacrifice. That's him bringing this light. So even the Jewish people were in darkness at that time because their eternity was still hell because Jesus hadn't come yet. So Jesus comes. He, he brings the light of the gospel to reveal that we actually can't save ourselves and that we need Jesus Christ to do it for us and that we just need to trust him, to give our whole life to him, to submit to him as our Lord and as our Savior. This is why he came. In verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. Like, have you ever thought about that? Like, like here's Jesus at the very beginning, the, the Logos, the one whose voice speaks all things into existence, uh, and he's sitting there, and, he, okay, let's speak apple trees into existence. And... and the beautiful blossoms on an apple tree. Like, like how much enjoyment we get out of all those things. So Jesus speaks this into existence. Or an olive tree. Fig tree. And then he's with his disciples who, who thinks he's a rabbi. They don't quite understand yet he is God. And, and they're going on a walk up to Jerusalem. Uh, and here's a fig tree. And, and Jesus speaks spoke fig trees into existence and they had no idea they had no idea that as they were walking the dusty streets of jerusalem they were walking next to the creator of all things it was only afterwards as the holy spirit revealed it to them that they understood this but in verse 12 it says, those who did receive him, those who did trust in him as Lord and Savior, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, not born of natural descent, the will of flesh, or the will of man, but of God. Those of us that have believed in the name of Jesus, trusted him as our, our Lord and Savior, he has given us the right to be children of God. I, again, not merely human. Not these human acolytes that say, this Jesus guy kind of makes sense, so I'm going to follow him while it makes sense. We have people that do that, and then they fall away when it doesn't make sense to them. But if we truly believe and we submit our whole lives to Jesus and trusting in him, we're given the right to be children of God, not born because of our parents, not born because of our own ability to choose or do right through our own will, 
but rather born because God chose to give us this adoption and a new life empowered by the Spirit in the light. If you're here as redeemed, blood-bought son or daughter of God, your new existence is that you are born of God. Even though you have an earthly mother or father, you are here and you are born of God. And then he says, I have stuff for you to do. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says we're, we're saved by faith, not by works, so that no one can boast, but, but that rather we are to do the good works that he has prepared for us beforehand. And, and so what really happens in this is God says, I, I see you and I love you and I want to rescue you. And, and you're trapped in your sin and you're trapped in your darkness. Here, let me shine the light of the sun uh, of Jesus and love and open up your eyes to your situation so that you say, dear God, all I can do is trust you. And he's like, child, I love you and I forgive you of your sins. Come here. You're my child now. And I have things for you to do. And yet we tend to live a life that's like, God, thank you for the fire insurance from hell. I'm going to go live my life right now. And uh, when you come back, like, I'm glad we're good. Too many people live that way. Instead of acknowledging this beautiful aspect of adoption with purpose. Adoption with purpose outside anything this world can offer. Along with the promise that he will provide for our every need if we put the kingdom first. And we struggle with trusting that at times. But it is the truth of the reality that Jesus died to give us so that we could be born again. And as we go through the series and we get to his conversation with Nicodemus, we'll, we'll look at what that means to be born again. But it's a new identity empowered by the Spirit and that he wants us to join him in that light. We go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His possession, so that you might proclaim the praises of the One who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. You, redeemed son or daughter, are part of a royal priesthood. Not consumers. Not meant just to come and listen and then move on, hope to hold on through the week, and then come back and do it again and again and again until Jesus comes back. But you are a royal priesthood in order to do the work of ministry. We need you. I need you. I want to grow up into the full maturity of Jesus Christ. And I can't do that without you. Because it says in order to attain that, it's not one person who sits there and disciples himself until he's into the full maturity, but, but it's done by each other ministering to one another. And I want to grow in maturity to Jesus Christ, and so I need you 
and I need you to minister to me. I need you to share words that you get from God. I want you to share. I need you to share the verses that He has put on your heart. As He equipped you with prophecy, I need that. And, and not just me, all of us here. If we truly desire to be a church that grows up in maturity and then power, to be this marvelous light, to be the body of Christ, we need each other to do that. It said that Jesus walked the earth and people didn't recognize him. He then calls us to be the church, which is the body of Christ, so that we might walk this earth and people can see the power of Jesus Christ. And they may hate us for it, or we might be the aroma of life. We're just called to be faithful in this. We have a purpose. Matthew 5, the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus says this, You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand so that it gives life for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the purpose that He has given to us. Jesus, God Himself, came down to die so that we might be given the light and then carry the light into the darkness. And He has chosen you to do it. We don't want to hide it. We don't want to sit here and have like a little recharge on Sunday mornings and then move on through the rest of the week waiting for the next recharge. It's meant for us to carry, to take out, to let people see. And so I want to be a church that pursues that. That's why I'm going to ask every week for a season here, what has God been doing? Because what he's doing in your life is light and could be light to others here. You might be struggling through depression and through someone praying with you, you find freedom in that or some healing. By you sharing that up here, we'll give hope and light to somebody else in here or somebody that might be listening online or somebody that listens two years from now when they find it online. You sharing a verse that God has put on your heart that you feel is meant for the church could speak deeply to somebody in here. Let's not hide that stuff. Prophecy. I, I want to see that work. I, I, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, desire the higher gifts, but especially prophecy. And so let's pursue that. Let's anchor it to the Word, but let's pursue that because I want to see it be used in order to spread the light of Jesus Christ so that more people may know Him and glorify Him. Not that we're this powerhouse church and look at all the things that we're doing. I just want to be known as a church that loves Jesus and does what he tells us to do. That's it. He'll take care of the rest. And if we can humbly come submitted to him in that, it's going to be obvious that it's him doing it and not us. So let's pursue that together. Respond to the revelation of light in the gospel that Jesus Christ has given to you. And then don't hide it. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning um, thankful for your word, thankful for this reality uh, of Jesus being God, that you loved us so much that you yourself came down to die, to offer yourself up in order to pay for our sins so that you might redeem us to be with you. 
You didn't have to do that, but you chose to do it out of love. And then not just to redeem us, but then to adopt us and empower us to continue to act as your body here on earth. It's profound, and it would be overwhelming, except it's to be empowered by your Spirit and not by us. Lord, forgive us for the times that we try to accomplish this within our own strength, our own will, our own mind. Let us humbly fall on this passage that says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Lord's Spirit. Father, teach us how to do that as a church, one to another, so that we may grow in the full maturity to trust you that if things get messy at times, we trust you to bring healing and growth through those things. Guide us and lead us. I pray that you would speak to us for spirit-led tonight and in the Sundays to come. Men's group, women's group, all the various things that you desire to birth within this church. I pray that you put those things on people's hearts, that you help us to equip one another to do those things, and that they all bring glory to your name. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand as we go into our closing worship uh, set this morning. Uh, we've got three songs here. Um, if you have a prayer need of any kind, I encourage you to go back to the prayer room for that. Uh, if you're here and uh, you have a desire to know what your giftings and callings are, I encourage you to go back and just say, I want prayer for that. Um, if you want to know how to use what you feel like God has given to you, go back there and say, I want prayer for that. Uh, if you feel like you've been dismissed by a church, whether one in the past or here at times, um, go back and ask for prayer for healing in that. Uh, and then pray that we have wisdom in how to move forward. And we'll just see where Jesus takes us. And I'm so excited about that. Let's worship him. So as we go into this uh, next song, I just wanted to share a little bit about it. It's kind of a really cool example of, you know, everything that we've talked about today and just God inspiring people. Uh, so this next song is a poem that um, Michael Wood wrote. And uh, he wrote it around Valentine's Day, just explaining the love of the Savior. Um, so I'm just going to read it before we go into it. So, in love, the Father sent the Savior down. In love, Jesus laid aside his crown for the people whose destiny was lost. In love, he took upon himself a cross. In love, he rose again to life to redeem us from the chains of strife. Holy Spirit, in love divine, you have quickened us to be holy thine to experience love with the Godhead three in one, Father, Holy Spirit, Son, on earth, in heaven, forever and ever, amen. And so that's just a beautiful poem that Mike wrote. And um, just one day, God inspired uh, Vicki and I to put music to it and sing it. And it's just been amazing to see how God has um, like blessed it along the way and used it in our church um, just to encourage each other. So let's, let's sing about the love of our, our Father.
Um, just wanted to, to take a look. I had no idea you were going to play that today. Um, and I, it's a perfect example. So the, the Holy Spirit led them to have this plan to, to be able to sing today without any coordination uh, for me kind of getting into it and even the idea of talking about some of the things we talked about. Uh, but what a perfect, that song would not be in existence except for this body of Christ. And, and somebody stepping out and saying, God gave me these words, let me share it with the church. Uh, and then other people saying, God is calling us to put this to music. Like, let's share it with the church. We wouldn't be singing that song if it wasn't for God using people's gifts to do that. And we want more of that. It doesn't have to be a poem. It doesn't have to be singing. It could be um, art like they're doing this afternoon. It could be sharing a verse. It could be any number of things. But, but I feel the enemy has worked so hard to, to damage our identity in Jesus Christ uh, who died for us to be a chosen nation, a royal priesthood, uh, ambassadors, more than conquerors, sons or daughters of the creator of all things, uh, to be the light of the world, to be equipped for the work of ministry. Like this is all the truth that God says, this is who you are in my son. And, and so I just want to take a moment. I know people are praying for this back there, but I wanted to pray for this uh, for all of us as well. Uh, Father, we come and we pray for healing and truth into our hearts and minds and lives. The truth of who you died to create us to be, not just in our physical selves and the way that we look, but our new identities in Jesus Christ as adopted sons or daughters, equipped to do the work of ministry and bring the light of the truth to a world that desperately needs it and to minister to one another. Father, we know that our enemy has used so many different things to try and squelch that from shame within our hearts, from our failures, from senses of inadequacy, or by amplifying pride so that when we do try and step out, it's damaging instead of blessing to having people say things to us that hurt us deeply within our hearts, to churches at times uh, diminishing what people God has given to people. And so, Lord, we pray for a healing work of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that where those wounds are, you would heal them. Where shame is, it would be broken off in the name of Jesus Christ where condemnation is broken, where sense of inadequacy that be broken because it's you who call us, equip us, and make us adequate for the work that you have put into us by your Spirit. Father, where uh, hurts and wounds have happened because uh, of churches or what people have said, I pray for healing and for the weight of that to fall in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for an anointing of your Spirit an outpouring of your Spirit to equip your sons and daughters for the work of ministry in the areas that you have called them to be and to do it in full faith and confidence that they are envoys of you and that it's not them. Lord, 
I want to pray for that pruning work to happen within our own hearts, that if there's things that we are holding on to in this world or sins or weights that are clinging to us, that they would be cut off and fall as we cast aside every weight or hindrance that would uh, hinder our, our running towards Jesus Christ. And then we pray for clear direction, anchored in your word and led by your spirit. And we just want to go forward in that. In Jesus' name, amen.